ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930 present The Drive. Brought to you by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Local then, local now. Never FDIC. It is Thursday, February 4th. Your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. You can be a part of the program by calling the White Claw phone lines, 877-420-TALK. That is 877-420-8255. White Claw, hard seltzer, it's made pure. Coming up tomorrow, we've got Marshall and Old Dominion. Uh, Coming up in the next few minutes, we're going to hear from Old Dominion play-by-play announcer, Ted Alexander. He is going to join us on the program, so we will talk to him about what else? Old Dominion. So we're going to hear from him also later on. I was part of Tony Kemper's presser earlier this afternoon, so we're going to hear from Tony Kemper. So I'm looking forward to that, and we've got a lot to go over because the women have been off for a while. They had to pause activities for a short time, so they're back at it. They're taking on Old Dominion, going to be at the Cam Henderson Center as the men are on the road taking on Old Dominion. So far, everything seems to be good. I haven't heard anything to the contrary that would make me believe that we have got a situation where we won't have a game. So that's the good news. I'm looking forward to actually having some basketball tomorrow, not have to worry about, okay, are they going to play? Are they not going to play? So we're at that stage now where I think we're good. Nothing has come down the line to indicate there's going to be any pause whatsoever. So that's the good news, both for the men and for the women. And Old Dominion's already on the way, if not already here. They're traveling today. This is their travel day to come to Huntington for the ladies' side of things. And uh, when we talked to Tony Kemper here in a little bit, kind of indicated that everything seemed to be ready to go. So that's what we've got in store for you. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, And we've got... Of course, Super Bowl coming up on Sunday. Tampa Bay. I know everyone's rooting for them, right? Let me put it to you this way. If you're in the sound of my voice, unless you are an absolute Kansas City fan, if you are a Kansas City Chiefs fan, you were a fan before Byron left, which hit Tampa Bay, you're going to be a Chiefs fan after you're rooting for the Chiefs. If you are a football fan of any other team other than Kansas City, you're rooting for Tampa Bay. I don't care if you are not a fan of Tom Brady. If you are listening to this program, odds are, at least this demographic, at least this audience, you're rooting for Byron Leftwich. I mean, forget Tom Brady. He's just the recipient of, of Byron's knowledge. Forget everything else. It's You're rooting for Byron Leftwich and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Am I wrong? I think I'm pretty close to being right on this one. When we continue on the program, we're going to hear from the voice of the Old Dominion Monarchs, Ted Alexander. He joins us next here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. We're presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Welcome back to today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. We're going to hear from Tony Kemper, head coach of the Marshall women's team, in just a few moments. But I want to bring to the program now the voice of Old Dominion. Uh, We haven't talked Old Dominion sports in so long. Ted Alexander joins us on the program. And, Ted, it's been a long time since we've been able to talk Marshall and Old Dominion in anything thanks to this pandemic. 
many a moon, and uh, glad to be on with you today. Appreciate the opportunity. Ted, um, how do we break this one down? Marshall's had some time off due to uh, COVID-19 issues, uh, this time not on the herds end. You know, Old Dominion's had uh, a long wait to get back into action. I mean, this is almost as if we're starting over again. That's a, a great point. I asked Jeff Jones, head coach of the Monarchs, today. I said, when you came back after, you know, it's not like you're just missing games. You're missing practice days as well. I said, was it like a training camp? And he goes, well, you have to be careful. You don't go too hard because then you might have uh, new injuries pop up. So it's really been a crapshoot. Monarchs haven't played since January 16th at Rice. That's 20 days by the time we get to tomorrow. And the herd knows all about that. Each of these two teams has missed six games because of COVID-19. What did he say ultimately his strategy was going to be? Because with Marshall, I know the Thundering Herds had to look at this roster and go from top all the way down to the bottom because you just don't know who you have. Both sides don't know what their teams are going to look like until they take the court. It's a great point because that's one of the things he touched on. He goes, guys, it would usually uh, not be – in the rotation, have to you have to prepare them to be in the rotation. We aren't quite sure who's going to be available uh, for the Monarchs tomorrow night, and he's got to practice and give guys some solid practice time who perhaps haven't seen that side of the mountain all season long. I'm sure as a broadcaster, your spotting board got just a little bit bigger and more colorful. As um, <laughs> I know it's arts and crafts for all of us, all of these things, but. Uh, it's been that kind of season where you you see players who maybe don't have an opportunity get that opportunity. So on the flip side of this coin, there are a lot of chances for some players to go out and show why they belong on this team or to maybe make a name for themselves or to stand out where they normally wouldn't. With huge opportunities, and one of the things I watch when I'm watching practice or watching the games is, all right, how is this whole thing affecting each student-athlete from a mental standpoint, I mean, either missing practice or just having games uh, uh, canceled here and there and sort of the stop and start uh, tendency of the, the whole thing is, is got to be trying mentally and on top of everything else you're trying to do. Plus the daily, you know, the testing t- three times a week uh, and all those types of things, different things than they'd have to figure out. I've had to figure out before. And now which team, which individual players can deal with that the best will lead us to who's going to be victorious. Joining us on the program, Ted Alexander. He's the voice of Old Dominion. I know it's been probably tough for you as well. You've been out of practice for several days. I know not as long as the the COVID layover, but still, uh, I'm sure it's been tough on you as well because we love what we do. We want to get back out there and talk sports, and you, I'm sure you want to call a game. Well, there's a disconnect now. We, uh, We did the last series. Uh, the last time the Monarchs played a, a two-game series in Houston against Rice, we did that remotely as well. Hadn't done that before, so that was sort of testing new muscles. But there's a certain uh, detachment you feel from the norm, and you know, it's, you know, this, we're just talking about sports. It's the fun and games part of uh, society here, so we can't uh, feel too sorry for ourselves. But it is different, and it's a it's a bit of a of a of a. Uh, well, uh, an evolution as you're trying to figure out the new normal and how you're going to go about your job on a daily basis. How is this playing with the fan base? I, I know it's been tough on these kids, and they're the more important you know, equation here. You know, how are they doing? But for the fan base, I'm sure it's been really tough. First, you don't have football. Now you're hit or miss with basketball. It's tough to be an Old Dominion fan these days. It, it's awful. As we've all found out during this pandemic, People find things to do. 
Uh, and a lot of the things they usually do, they can't do now. So what do they do with their time? They try and find other things to do. And the problem we run into in, in, on all of college athletics is getting the fans back that were core fans before, A, because you want them to be interested in your team, but B, you want them to feel safe when they come to the venues. We've we've capped it at 250. Uh, that's a, a Virginia uh, governor's uh, mandate here in the Commonwealth. And so, therefore, uh, the, the team that's led uh, Conference USA in attendance uh, more often than not in their brief history in the league, uh, it's, it's a huge factor. And I'm sure for fans at the Henderson Center, too, you know, you used to get in that place rocking and rolling, and that's a, they, they play the sixth man uh, as they do at our venue, and that just hasn't been the case. And that's unfortunate because if you're a fan, you love this stuff. You haven't been able to love it in the same way. I'll say this. Um... It's been hit or miss as well for the fans because Marshall hasn't had an opportunity other than Western Kentucky to host a conference series. Uh, I know Old Dominion's had a long layoff, but Marshall's been the road warrior in all of this. So it's every school has a different strangeness about this pandemic. It's the, the, the rhythm of the season is, is so far off the norm. It's, it's, it's really a crapshoot. For anybody, you know, obviously we spent the first few minutes here talking about nothing when it comes to basketball. You know, when it comes time to tip it off tomorrow and Saturday, you know, who knows what's going to happen. For all the things we just discussed, the, the fan involvement, the, the availability of players, yes or no, uh, the layoffs for both teams, uh, who's going to be excited to play, who maybe doesn't want to play as much, who knows what's going to happen there. And you kind of have to understand those feelings. If you're a player stopping and starting the whole time, at what point do you just say, you know what, I've got enough of this? Speaking of the game itself, when these two teams tip off, from everything you've seen on your end, what are you expecting or what do you anticipate is going to happen when finally the ball is back in Old Dominion's hands? I think you'll see the usual Dan D'Antoni offensive style of, of, uh, of if you're open, shoot it. If it happens to be from three, that's great. Uh, I think uh, I, I've noticed that the Herd's unbeaten when they out-rebound a team this year. Uh, the Monarchs aren't quite as strong uh, on the front line as they have been. They don't have much height. They've got guys that'll battle you, but they just don't have a lot of size on the front line. And so that could be a factor. And and whether the Monarchs, is, it's been the case, it seems, for, for a couple of years, if the Monarchs can get out in transition and, and get some easy buckets and, and get into rhythm offensively, they can play with anybody. But they also, if they aren't in rhythm, can go into droughts that make you feel like you're in the Sahara. But this long layoff, uh, once this thing starts, who's going to have the most impact? Who's going to have to come out early and maybe generate that energy? I know they want to play, but to sustain it, where are you looking on this roster just to see where it's got to come from to make sure that Old Dominion can stay in this thing or at least stay up with the herd who also has had a layoff and wants to get right back at it and chomping at the bit? I think uh, for most of the season, we've been waiting for Xavier Green to, to break out. He had a good game a couple of games ago, but he hasn't been as consistent. Kalua Zeke, the 6'8 junior from uh, Georgia, is averaging 10 and 7, but he's been inconsistent as well. If those guys can can get off to a decent start and have some energy, and especially with Kalu, stay out of foul trouble, I think the Monarchs will will, will, will have a shot. Um, Austin Trice is, is the transfer from uh, Kansas State. He's he's the, the energy guy off the bench. Not much of a score, but he'll he'll get your dunks, he'll get your putbacks, and he'll get a lot of rebounds for you, and he'll really play with an energy 
that uh, is is infectious on the team if he gets off to a nice start. And we'll see with the other guys. You know, the the, the guys leading the way offensively throughout the season, Malik Curry and AJ Oliver. We'll we'll see uh, what they can bring to the the table as well. Those are the guys that have been more consistent when it comes to scoring. Joining us on the program, the voice of Old Dominion, Ted Alexander. And Ted, I know it's kind of a almost a moot point now uh, where we're at in the season and the way that COVID has uh, taken out a lot of games. But this Conference USA schedule, a back-to-back, uh, do you have an opinion of it? Do you like from what you've been able to experience and see? Do you like this Friday-Saturday setup for the conference? Well, I, I think when it comes to the finances, it seems to be smarter. Um, you know, you're spending one or two fewer nights in a hotel. Uh, I know we've trimmed our travel party a bit as well, and I'm not saying that's a great thing. I think it's just sort of a the sign of the economic times. Uh, the back-to-backs, it's it's a quick turnaround. Uh, so I, I kind of like playing the same team back-to-back. As a broadcaster, you get some familiarity. Uh, it was a totally different ballgame when you look back just to a year ago, and you're playing Thursday, Saturday, two different opponents. So I think it was a lot harder for scouts, et cetera. But boy, it seems like you know you, you, the layoff between the Saturday game and the Friday following is, it seems like forever, and then the turnaround seems like in, in the blink of an eye. How are the players taking to it? I know they're young, and so they can handle probably an NBA-style schedule, or at least we think they can. But the difficulty of it as well, you've just played a team, and now you've got to go out there and get right back at it and get up for them again. And it's almost a chess match as well because what worked on Friday not necessarily going to work on Saturday. The Monarchs are four and two in Conference USA, and their two losses were on the road in the Friday game. They lost the Friday game at FIU. They lost the Friday game at Rice. And so there, you're thinking, "Uh oh, what's going on here? It could be a nightmare weekend." But they found a way to turn it around, be it through through key coaching adjustments or just in their own heads. They figure out a way to bring more of an effort, get the defense going, and that type of thing. Uh, you lose the first one, the pressure is on on the second one, and then if you win the first one, you want to get greedy. But the Monarchs' two losses have been on the Friday side of things. Our guest on the program, Ted Alexander, Old Dominion, coming up Friday and Saturday. Of course, this year, Old Dominion will be playing host to Marshall. Unfortunately, uh, no fat patties for you. You don't get to come <laughs> to Huntington. Um I mean, that's probably the worst thing that has happened to you with this Marshall series. Uh, you know, you don't come into Huntington and get to enjoy the cuisine. Well, the thing is, we we found places there all the time. I I spent a lot of time in in the mountain state of West Virginia. I met my wife there. Had my first pro job there up in Wheeling. Went to college at Bethany in the Northern Panhandle, and so I, I I love West Virginia and I love coming to Huntington. It's always good to go walk along the river and and uh, uh, check out the uh, the sites and the the off the beaten path places. Of course, Fat Patties is always delicious. There are other nooks and crannies there that we miss as well, and and just not being around the, the team as much as you have in the past is one of the adjustments we've all had to make. Yeah, that's the that's the fun part of this fun and games job that we have is it's them. It's the uh, the team, the camaraderie, the uh, the energy they bring in. That that's why we do this. We we enjoy this. And uh so we miss you. We miss having, we missed Old Dominion in football this year. I, I can say that honestly. That was uh that was a game sorely missed by the herd and I'm sure for herd fans as well. How's it look for next year? Um, you know, where do you, you know, how do you get this thing rolling again? Uh, it's, um, I mean, you stop for a year and then you got to start. 
Well, the, it's and and you've got a new coaching staff. Uh, Ricky Ronnie came from uh, the office of coordinator position at Penn State, and he's he's done everything he's been asked to do, and he he seems to have a good staff, and he seems to have a an improved roster, and you say seems a lot because you haven't actually seen it when it counts. Uh, you look back on the decision not to play football this year as, as I watched what everybody went through around the league that did play. I'm thanking my lucky stars that we didn't play because things that people don't know that have to happen behind the scenes just to get teams ready to go, it's, it's a freaking nightmare. Uh, and I'm glad we weren't uh, didn't have to do that, and I, I applaud our administration for, for making that very difficult decision. Uh, and I applaud the teams that went through it as well because I know some of the things they had to go through just to be able to, to play. I also knew a lot of broadcasters that did all their prep and they found out Friday they wouldn't have a game on Saturday. And so that was a, a part of the mix as well. Next year, we're hoping for, for you know, the vaccine to kick in soon enough so where we can get people excited about football again, feeling not only what they want to see sort of the, the reboot of the old amendment program, uh, but also they, they want to feel safe and excited about coming and tailgating and doing everything that football fans love to do no matter where they're playing. And, uh, want to see the herd back on that schedule and, and you know when you're you're taking on marshall you better bring your best game because the, the herd always shows up october 9th i'm looking forward to that one that one's circled uh, and that's also the conference opener at home for marshall so uh, a lot of energy there on this but the uh, big series coming up this weekend marshall Old dominion and basketball um I don't know if you had a chance to maybe read up on a little bit of what maybe jared west has said or, or hear some of the comments but Marshall sees this game, or at least a couple of the players see this as maybe not the rivalry level of Marshall Western Kentucky, but it's up there. This game is starting to become a real good rivalry game for Marshall. Is that shared with Old Dominion that Marshall is seen as maybe a rival that's up and coming? Oh, I, I think so. A, I think both institutions with the wide spread of Conference USA are, are searching for for rivals, and you, you want to have as many rivals in your conference as possible, uh, but you need certain things to to create a, a real rivalry, and that means uh, both teams have to have had success, both teams have had to beat each other, and the games and the stakes have to be high when you're playing and winning or losing against each other. That's what creates a rivalry. The fan bases get involved. You know, if if it's just you know. It's hard with such a geographic uh, discrepancy in Conference USA to, to build the rivalries that you'd like. Um, you know, logically, the closest school to us is, is Charlotte, five and a half hours away. And there's a little rivalry there. But since we're just starting that, you know, you, you've got to hope for games that mean a lot. Uh, I'm not sure if the games against the 49ers have met as, meant nearly as much as the ones we've had against the Thundering Herd. I mean, there's been some real barn burners in both uh, basketball and football. It, uh, both teams have won. Of course, the Herd has had the upper hand when it comes to football for the most part. But but the signs are there. The ingredients are there. The first few steps have been taken to make it a good robbery. I'd love to see it continue and, and strengthen. Ted Alexander. He will be calling the game tomorrow for Old Dominion. Uh, I'm glad you get to get back into it again. I know what three weeks has been a long time uh, in between games. So that's uh, hopefully next year we don't have to fool with this. We can just play games. Yeah, no doubt about it. And uh, keep our fingers crossed for everybody to be safe. That uh, everybody travels safely, and we can get a ball game off. And and I, I just hope fans on both sides and really all fans out there 
understand what what each of the institutions involved needs to go through just to field teams and travel teams and support the teams. Uh, it's important now more than ever to have that fan support, be it from afar or or listening on the radio or, or whatever. Uh, if you can't be at the arena, there are other ways to support the team. Please do that because they need it now more than ever. Ted, thanks for catching up with us. I appreciate it. Uh, we'll do it again real soon, and uh, maybe maybe conference tournament time because uh, definitely I'm sure these two teams are going to meet again. Sounds good. Appreciate it. having me. Ted Alexander, voice of Old Dominion. We appreciate him. We're going to come back and hear from Tony Kemper. His thoughts on the women's series. The women are coming into Huntington, and Tony Kemper is going to talk a little bit about that with us when we continue with today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Welcome back to the February 4th edition. Your drive continues on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Marshall men in our action tomorrow. We'll have that game for you right here at ESPN 94.1 and AM 930, where the women are going to be action at the Kim Henderson Center. Tony Kemper had a chat with a few of us earlier this afternoon, and it's been a long couple of weeks here, it feels like, for the basketball team. Of course, the men, the women, very tough on these student athletes. And that's sort of where we started with Coach Kemper, just kind of get a feel for where do you start now as you're getting right back into this? You're trying to ramp back up again. You had the layoff. Um, how'd you manage that? How'd you, um, what, what was the process like once you started the layoff for this uh, go around? Well, I will tell you this, this has been kind of the one where we've had some, some multiple people, that have gotten you know sick, and so I think the first thing is I, we've come out of it healthy, and I think that's the most important thing when you're going through this. We haven't had major complications, uh, you know, and every, we've got everybody back, and um, we've got tests coming back the way you want to see them. So that's the biggest positive. Um, you know, when it's, it's no, it is no different than what I've talked about before, though. When you try to drop this in the middle of the season and then play well, it doesn't make it easy. You know, we're gonna we're going to play a game on Friday night with kind of roll, rolling people through, you know, it's, we, we don't have a clean, okay, Monday hit, our whole team was back. We just started back to basketball. That That's not how it's worked really since the middle of October, as I've been saying, and this is no different. So I, I think uh, the, the challenge of who's available and who's going to play and um, all that, we're, we're right back going through that again. And, um, you know, that's something that, Unfortunate. It's not unfortunate. It's just, you don't have an asterisk beside the box score that says, you know, if you've been practicing, if you've got your team, did you have who you expected? And that it, it's that's just the way this year is going to go. And, um, you know, I, I hope that we continue to I think our kids have been tough. Um, I think we've been resilient. Um, it, but I, you know, I think it looks to me like again, it's it's going to kind of be like I'm coaching a different basketball team again than I did the week that we played FIU and ultimately played pretty well on Saturday. And it's just kind of you just kind of feel like okay, we're here, we're here, we're here, uh, we're back down here. You know, okay, how does this group figure out how to win? So um, we're healthy. That's the most important thing. Um, we're we're coming out of it. 
Um, and, and we're going to give it a go, you know, this weekend against a good Old Dominion team. How do you game plan for Old Dominion with everything you just said? Um, yeah, do you approach it differently? Yeah. Can you game plan like you normally do? Yeah, I mean, we, we've got a we, – we basically in, – in, uh, Old Dominion's uh, – their, uh, their radio guy I interviewed with him yesterday, and he asked, you know, like, what's your – do your goals and things change? And, and they, they really do. I mean, I, I think uh, – and I talked to our team about this yesterday. Like, I, I feel like this year multiple times I've, I've walked into a group and it's like, okay, we, we kind of learned this about us. Now we're going to focus on doing things this way. And I think that's going to be good for us. And then we just leave for two weeks <laughs> and then we don't see each other again. So we have to kind of come back in and, okay, what did we talk about right before we walked out of here, you know? And so what are your goals? I, I think, I, I think all that stuff has really, it's very short term now. Like we are literally, and it, this is okay, but this is a change. You know, I think it's very hard to look at the big picture. I think you really look day to day and, and match up to match up and who's available for us and how do we, how do we, who do we get the ball to with who's playing, who gives us the best chance to win, who do we match on who on the other team, you know, and that, that has really changed week to week. You know, there just hasn't been rhythm to, you know, hey, Kristen Mayo is our two. We've got to get her shots, which obviously we do when you watch us play, when she's out there. You know, she's going to take care of the their two guard. Um, anybody we got to tag and trail, that's her job. I mean, that's not the way it's worked this year. It's been like, well, who's playing this week? Okay. She's good at this. So let's try to put her in these situations. Okay. She's not available. So, now we got to fill that gap or fill that hole. And so, yeah, we can game plan, but we can't always do, you know, the same thing we've always done. Sometimes we got to build it a little bit different than what we're used to building it. Is the advantage for you then that Old Dominion's got to figure out what is Tony Kemper going to do? What will Marshall look like? Because they got to prepare for the entire roster. Well, I'm not sure they're they're worried about what I'm thinking. They've got some pretty good players over there, um, you know. But but I, I I think anybody in this, you know, and Old Dominion's been paused too. So I think, um, you know, a really funny thing if you get here early enough in the games, the the funnest thing to do is watch the coaching staffs try to figure out who's playing and who is not. As our girls walk through the gym, as they come out of the locker room, it's like you 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 have a everybody's got a sheet of paper with everybody's picture on it. You're just like, okay, she's here. She's here. She's here. She's not, she's not. And everybody's doing that because that's just the way this is. So, um, you know, I, I do think it's fair to say, I don't, I don't have much of a clue who's going to show up for them. I, we, we have to assume it's everyone and they're going to do the same thing for us. You know, they've got a game plan to see everybody and then, um, we, we make adjustments on the fly when it, when it changes. And so I, I think that's probably what both groups are doing as, as good as they can. I wanted to ask a little bit about Lorelai. She uh, had a career high in points against FIU and such. Is, is she becoming more of a scorer, or was that just the way the game flowed? I, I think she's playing as well offensively, and I've told her this, and, and she's, she's as confident in her shot. And, uh, you know, I think we've done some things, and, and – in practice that has really benefited her. And I think we've, 
when we've been in the gym, we've shot a little bit more repetitively. We've used a little bit more practice time to shoot. And I think to me, when I watch her just in practice, I think she's the biggest beneficiary of that. You know, she has consistently made jump shots and that's something that, that she struggled with over her career, but she, uh, she's confident in it right now. And that comes from work and investment and some time doing it. Um, I thought she was tremendous on Saturday against, uh, against FIU, whenever that was a while back, um, yeah. made some big baskets down the stretch. And, um, she, she's always been smart as far as how we're trying to structure things and what we're trying to get done. I think she's come a long ways on the defensive end. Um, I do think something that's helped her is I think she is, uh, I don't know how much she worries about how am I going to score? I think she is spending thoughts on trying to help us in other facets. And then, so it's, she's very much letting the basketball game on an offensive end come to her. And I think that helps. You know, I think when you, when you, when you press and when you for it, sometimes it makes it harder to get it to go in. So to me, she's playing relaxed hard on the offense. And I think you see efficiencies because of that. Now, assuming high school, as most of your kids were, were scorers. So that had to have been a bit of adjustment for her, you know, the college general and into not being a, a big scorer, then building that up. Yeah, I think I think everybody when when they get here, they all played in the scoring role in high school. So I think it, it's always an adjustment to figure out what your role is. And, um, yeah, you know, she's done a great job on both ends of the floor, especially this year growing. I mean, she's a better basketball player now than she was a year ago. And, um, you know, that's what you want to happen. Yeah. So do you feel that that this series might be a little bit more even because they have a long way, guys have a layoff, and for the first time you're going up against someone who's dealt with the same issues you're dealing with? I mean, I think it's possible. I think it's, I know from my perspective, it's really hard to, to, uh, you literally are, we're just doing the best we can. You know, we're, we, I don't know, that kind of sounds like, I don't know, it sounds like a line or something like that. I mean, we, it, it's, this is not easy. You know, it's, it's not easy to build a good basketball team. And we're, I think, uh, our, our girls are in really good spirits. Um, they're bringing it as well as they can, but I think it's it's obvious to anyone involved with us when we sit down and look at what we've been able to do just from a practice perspective. We're not operating at, as good as we can. Like, there's just no way. You know, like, you, you can't have as many people in and out, not practice, different group practice today, not enough to play five on one. You can't do that and build a team that eventually gets as good as you can get. You know, you just can't. And so I, I think it's hard to know. You know, I, I expect us to show up and I expect us to play hard. I think we've been good about that. We haven't always played well. Um, I think sometimes for the reasons that I've said. But I do think consistently we've played pretty hard. And I expect that at times. And then, you know, I really, I really, really think it's, it's a little bit like you, like you. We're, the, that ball's going to tip up, and we're going to learn how we feel best about how we can play well, well as it's going. You know, um, and that's just the way it's been. And, and I think I think our team has adjusted well to that. Um, I think our staff has adjusted well to that. And, and after this weekend to play, um, you know, a good old school, we're very capable. So are they. I mean, they're, they, uh, I think they were picked second in the league. Had some COVID problems to do. So you look at their record records. It doesn't look that good. This is a talent that comes in.
you know, and, and uh, I understand the struggles that their staff's going through because I, I feel the same way, you know, it's uh, coulda, woulda, shoulda a little bit some nights about, um, you know, it, it, it just hasn't been the same for everybody. You know, some people have no problems, some people have had a ton of, you know. Tony Kemper getting set for Old Dominion. That's happening tomorrow at the Cam Henderson Center. We will wrap up today's edition when we continue on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Don't worry. Paul Swan has the wheel on the drive. ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. We're wrapping up today's edition of the drive presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Coming up tomorrow, it's Marshall and Old Dominion. We'll have that broadcast for you. I go on the air at 5 o'clock. So join me tomorrow. We'll get you kicked off right here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. And then on Saturday, same thing, I'll go on the air 30 minutes prior to when the broadcast begins. So I'll be here with you on Saturday as well. It's going to be interesting to get back into the swing of things here. Okay, uh, hey, you get a couple of weeks off. You, you, you play and then you don't play and you get ready for a game. I mean – let me be quite honest with you. It's been strange here this season. You play, you don't, you play. I mean, I'm not telling you anything you don't know. So hopefully we can get a string of games. Maybe if everything goes well, we can have consecutive weeks where Marshall plays. Wouldn't that be something? And, of course, back at the Henderson Center, hopefully, and then I'm sure there's going to be some makeup games, and those have to be at the Henderson Center, right? Marshall's lost home games. I wouldn't think the league would penalize Marshall by sending Marshall on the road for any of these makeup games. And I would think the league would also want to work with Marshall because, but believe it or not, it, right now, if you get to go to a game, count yourself lucky because of the fact that some places you're not allowing that many fans. And Marshall's been fortunate, limited seating capacity, but not limited by some counts and some measures. So. That's where we're at basketball. It's all coming up tomorrow right here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. And then on Sunday, we've got the Super Bowl. That's right. If you can't watch it, and let me tell you right now, if you're stuck, you're going to be maybe you're going to be at work. You have to work on a Sunday or you're going to be on the road. You can't listen to the game. Well, no, you can. Let me tell you, you can because we're going to ha- we're going to have it. ESPN right here, also on Cat Sports 93.3 and 1340. We go on the air at 2 o'clock. Game broadcast begins at 5. We go on the air at 2 p.m. So that's where we're at tomorrow will be Marshall Basketball, Saturday Marshall Basketball, Sunday it will be the Super Bowl. And honestly, that's a good weekend, right? That's going to be a good weekend. Get two Marshall wins and... Hopefully, Byron Leftwich can get that Super Bowl ring as a coach. And that's going to do it for this edition. Thanks for tuning in. I'm going to be back here tomorrow. We'll do it all over again. We've got Marshall basketball as well. So enjoy the rest of your evening. We'll talk to you tomorrow.
WRBC Huntington, W227BS Huntington, your flagship home of the Marshall Thundering Herd and The Drive with Paul Swan, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.